Oh yeah, I'm Barry Moran and you're listening to Mayo Are Back. How are you lads? Con Mort here. Mayo Are Back. Look at guys, you're listening to one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. It's Mayo Are Back. Angelina Nugent speaking. Just wanted to say uh, Mayo Are Back. Hello, this is Kim Jong-un and welcome to the Mayo Are Back podcast. How do? Pope Francis here. Mayo Are Back. Mayo Are Fucking Back. Let them say what they like about Mayo people, but Mayo supporters are the best supporters in the world. Hello folks, how do? You're very welcome to Season 5, Episode 7 of the Mayo Are Back podcast. We're here today to dissect and review Mayo's 2021 Connacht final win over Galway. A comprehensive six-point hammering. It was never in doubt... It was under control from start to finish. Mayo all the way. Galway are out. It's great to see and we're in great form here. I'm joined as always by my trusted host, TJ. How are you getting on? How are you doing, Fat Larry, my dear comrade? I'm in high, high spirits today. Just to let the Mayo fans and half-bakes know out there, you're not hearing things, your Mayo ears are not deceiving you. That is the green and red of Mayo playing in the background. We're trying to set an ambient sort of mood, just like we had in Crow Park last weekend. It was a beautiful moment for anyone there to hear this song ringing out around the ground for all of 20, maybe even 30 seconds before it was rudely interrupted by Matty Ruan's post-match interview. But, you know, it was great to hear at the same time. It was a hell of a lot better, Fat Larry, than the tune that came next, which was a U2 song. Don't see the connection there between Bono and Mayo. And it wasn't even a good U2 song. Of all the ones they could have picked, it was magnificent. But I'd say it was a magnificent choice, in my opinion. I was on such a high post-game, TJ, I didn't even realise what music was playing at the time. It's fair to say the county is on a high... The fans are high, the players are very high, and they'll be coming down now after the dizzying heights of that sunny day on Sunday. And we hope this podcast now is just going to sort of settle the inbreds a little bit, bring them back down to earth nice and gently, have a little look back on a great weekend, and also begin to start manifesting ourselves towards an All-Ireland semi-final. It's two and a half weeks away now, a little bit of time for inbreds to go but we hope that our words and our our manifestations today will just provide sort of a little map for inbreds now to get themselves ready for what's to come next it's a big time to discuss and dissect and bisect of course but also to digest fat larry and we were talking about the last couple of weeks the hot weather the multiple barbecues that were had the trouble that that would bring to the digestive systems of any mayo fan out there so it's good now that we have a little bit of time off just to get our heads wrapped around that but we should i suppose point out the fact that the gap is going to be bridged in the form of the Mayo Hurlers who are out swinging swinging their balls around next weekend they're in the big Mickey Rackard Cup Final and I for one am very much looking forward to see them hopefully overcoming their crusty ring disappointments from last year but they're a great shower of men to just sneak into an old final on the slide there you'd nearly you barely would know it in some quarters but not on this podcast here we give totally fair and totally equal representation to all sports all codes and whatever which way that manifests itself absolutely completely agree they're a great team of lads no egos about them they just go about their business 
very, very quietly, very, very efficiently and don't look for sponsorship deals or cards or anything like that. They're an absolute credit. We're going to be discussing that game in a little bit of detail later on. They're a credit, it's fair to say. The Mayo inbreds, the Mayo fans, they're an absolute credit as well. It was so nice to see fans back in Crow Park on Sunday. I think they represented the county well, as did the players. I unfortunately, TJ, didn't represent my county as well as I could have. I made a 69th minute decision to go to the game last weekend, but I suppose I didn't take my own words on board. I hadn't got my own preparation done. I hadn't really thought about what a raw occasion the whole event was going to be. I headed up on Sunday morning on the train to Dublin, 12 cans of Bulmers in my bag, no ice. I didn't bring any ice. No ice? No ice. Are you joking me? It was all going well. We were tipping along nicely, going up through Clermaris, Ballyhonus. Yeah, Castlery, not too bad. Got to Clara, hit a wall. Got, you know, very, very drunk, very, very quick. How um, are you fixed in cool on Chudra? Not good, not good. And unfortunately, TJ, I, as you know, I've a, a fear of taking the Lewis from Houston Station down to O'Connell Street, so I decided to walk. And I, I actually never made it to Crow Park, so my long, long wait to attend a Mayo game. Nine years now it's been since I've been at a Mayo game. That's going to have to go on a little while longer. And hopefully, if I'm well-minded and chaperoned up for the semi-final, I might make it into Crow Park for that one. Well, Fat Larry, one option that is there out there for any for yourself or any of the good Mayo fans is something that happened to a dear friend of mine. He was hopping onto the Lewis and he got into an awful tizzy, as it were. He wasn't really comfortable with those surroundings whatsoever. Collapsed. He was airlifted and brought to the Matter Hospital. Once he was revived, he realised he was only about five minutes away from the pitch. So he burst out of there, pulled all the tubes off him and everything else. And he was sitting at the very back of the Hogan stand with us by the time half one throw in came around. And that man now was beside himself in many ways. And that was exactly what the Mayo team needed. They needed those really, really inbred fans to be up there and to really be losing the rag. You know, a different fan base would have been clapping the Mayo Boyens in at half time. But you could hear that there was a sense of real anger and anguish going on right around the ground. And that would have been mentioned in James Horan's team talk. Of course it would. And a different Mayo team altogether showed up in that second half. And the fans were very, very pleased with that. But I'd be putting it down to the one or two little tactical switches, the little bit of nuance from our manger James Horan. Some improved performance from the players, but mainly, very much mainly from that loyally inbred fan base. I know it's a cliche to say, but it really was a game of two halves, as it were. You know, in the first half, Mayo just didn't seem to be at the races at all. They seemed to be a little bit half-cooked coming into the game. They looked like a team who hadn't been given a stiff enough test in previous rounds. Obviously, our journey through Rhino though, probably didn't help there either, but it was great to see the big scrap at half-time it was great to see the Mayo boys fronting up. It was great to see some really, really, you know, proper punches being thrown. None of this handbags and pulling jerseys. There was a few proper belts thrown. And it's fair to say there was one clear winner of that scrap. And that just extended itself out onto the field in the second half where Mayo were just simply gorgeous in every sense of the word. 100% Fat Larry. And I suppose a big thank you from the podcast goes out to Galway's very own Johnny Heaney if he's listening. He started a battle he couldn't finish. You know, he, he bit off a bit more than he could chew as it were. And our bear from Brafey put him back into his box fairly lively. And one man I think who probably doesn't get the credit that is deserved... 
the due respect as it were, would be the Mayo stats man. I seen him getting right stuck in and getting right ready to go. Love he was hitting his Galway counterparts with a couple of stat attacks and it showed to me that that man isn't just there to count the numbers. He's one of the numbers that stands up and is counted when the chips are down on the table. So absolute respect goes out to that man and everyone else who got involved in that brawl. But it has been pointed out, Fat Larry, that's now two consecutive games in Croke Park that has had a little bit of half-time fisticuffs and... Is it fair to say Mayo are being unfairly targeted in this regard? I think other counties are targeting us because we're just so good and they want to, you know, they want to have a go at these Mayo boys, you know. It mustn't be easy for other counties, you know, sitting at home week in, week out. You know, they tune in to watch the Mayo team play and they've got their notepads out and they're trying to take a few notes and, you know, kind of tactically prepare themselves for for big games that would be coming up the line. But when you have to... You know, try and do that while also looking at how gorgeous the Mayo players are. It must be really, really difficult. You know, it's it's very distracting when you look at guys like Oshin Mullen and Owen McLaughlin and Darren McHale, these guys, you know, marauding around the field. You know, it's very, very hard. I find it very, very hard anyways to settle myself. It and was to hard. kind of look at the game from a factual point of view. I find myself, my mind is wandering a lot and I'm sure the exact same is going to be happening to Desi Farrell over the couple of weeks ahead now. You know, he's going to be manifesting himself in a whole lot of different ways watching this Mayo team. And I think that will really feed in now to the preparation for the semi-final. And not to give too much respect to the dubs, of course, that's something we never like to do on this podcast. And we don't like to let them inside our frame of thought at all, really, in whatever which way. But we will be playing them in the semi-final. That, of course, has been decided by John Horan, who has suggested that Kildare will get to play a Leinster final just for cash and gate receipts. But we already know it will be Dublin in the shamey. And I suppose one talking point we must allude to is the fact that they're going to miss their goalkeeper of the last year or two, Stephen Cluxton. He is, of course, in Tokyo at the moment, representing Ireland in the brush sweeping at the Olympics. And he's one of Ireland's real, real strong contenders and medal hopes at this year's Olympics. So he will be missing the rest of the GEA season you know, representing his country with distinction. And I hope, you know, some good comes out of it. Maybe he will bring home the gold. Des Cahill is obviously over there following him around as much as he possibly can. We can only hope that, you know, these few retirements and distractions that are, you know, surrounding the Dublin team this year now will really give, I suppose, Mayo inbreds and also the Mayo players that little bit of hope that this year could be different to the last number of years. We haven't beaten them in a long time. But, you know, or whatever, it could be the time to do it now. You know, maybe a little COVID outbreak here and there. You know, maybe, you know, a lack of social distancing in the tunnel, you know, against Kildare the next day. You never know. There might be, uh, the chips might fall our way yet. So it'll remain to be seen. Now, fans, we will, of course, have another podcast where we delve and divulge much more information on that semi-final when we know who we're going to be up against. At this point, this podcast is really just bridging the gap, as it were. And what's coming up on today's show, I suppose, we're going to have a little game for all the listeners at home to play. We'll get to that now in a couple of minutes. We also, of course, have opened up the text lines to you, the Mayo Inbreds, who have been inundating us with calls and messages and responses. And I suppose one thing we would say to anyone out there that ever has a question for us, you know, send us a little DM on our Instagram, at Mayo or Back. If you reply to the story with 
with a five or six part question we can't actually read the entire question so we're going to struggle with that a little bit today but some of you have got in touch and we can clearly see the amount of I suppose tactical nuance and just clear clearness and clarity of thinking that the Mayo fans possess at this stage I would say no other fan base in the whole country has it Fat Larry well while you know we can't read those longer messages due respect must be shown to those people who took the time and effort to write out four and five part questions we apologise that we won't be able to get to them but you know that our respect for you has just grown tenfold given the level of deep thought and reflection that you've put in from the game the last day and that will be, you know, reciprocated to you down the line when you're roaring your head off above in Crow Park and you really feel like you have invested fully in this whole Mayo thing and you should be very, very proud of yourself. Now, Fat Larry, it's time for you and all the fans out there to put your inbred knowledge to the test. If you're like me and you've been stalking the Mayo players' Instagram pages one by one over the last few days while manifesting yourself in whatever way is necessary. You may know that there was a real concerted effort by the group, possibly led by James Horan or one of the social media mangers that they've employed this year, to give away as little as possible in an Instagram sense, but also to be as clear as possible for everyone to see, if you get what I mean in that sense. So we have a little test where I'm going to read out the caption from the Instagram post and Fat Larry here is going to make his best stab at what player that could possibly be. Nice. We would welcome and encourage everyone at home to join in with this game because it's fairly fucking impossible to call because they were some of the blandest Instagram captions you could ever come across in your entire life. But we'll just, we'll go through them now, we'll give you a little sample and we'll see how we fare out with them. I'm sure some people at home will be doing very, very well. So the first one, Fat Larry, this one reads, Yo, bro cup emoji who do you think said yo bro cup emoji very very hard to call I'm going to give that to uh, the Mayo selector uh, James Burke be my guess for that one not quite not quite that no. was actually Tommy Conroy oh very good and his bro I appears to be Owen McLaughlin although oh. I was under the impression Owen McLaughlin was Kevin McLaughlin's bro so I'm a little bit confused by that but it's a lovely photo nonetheless. I'd say Tommy Conroy's dad, Mickey Conroy, would have been very, very proud of that performance the last day, like a corner forward performance he would have put in back when he was in his pomp. Next up, this one is another tricky one. It says, what a day, full stop, cup emoji. What a day. I'm going to go for that one. Uh, the man with the golden boot, I'd say he didn't have as much to do on the field the last day, but he probably celebrated loads and had a really good time sitting up in the stand. So I'm going to go for Paul Towie for that one. Very close, Fat Larry. You were in the right position. You just had the wrong side of the county. Oh. It was actually okay. Ryan O'Donoghue. Star player for Mayo at the weekend. Yeah, he's not wrong. It was a, it was a great day. Very very nice weather, and it was a little bit cooler than previous days as well. But the sun was still shining, so I can see why he enjoyed the weather so much. Yeah, could have been even a better day for him if that bollocks of a referee had let his perfectly legal goal stand. But it didn't matter in the end. Next up, this one is kind of on a very concurrent theme here. They were probably given maybe two or three options of things appropriate things to say. This one says. Oh, what a day. Green heart, red heart. It's great to see that the Mayo footballers are kind of buying into the whole, you know, inbred caption 
theme that we're seeing from Mayo fans more generally. You know, there was a time there where Mayo players would have been too proud, you know, to to show off their Mayo pride in that in such a way. So it's great to see that you know these guys are grounded and they're well rooted in their inbred roots. Um, that one now, that's really really tough. Uh, could you repeat it again for me? I'll give it to you one more time. This one says. Oh, what a day. Green heart, red heart. What do you think at home, folks? Shout it out there. Uh, I am going to give that one to young up-and-coming Mayo midfielder Connor Loftus. Oh, very close, Fat Larry. It was actually Oshin Mullins's okay. that put that one up. Now, we're zero for four so far, but I think you'll have a good chance at this one now. This one is... Pretty much off theme with the rest of them, controversially, of course. But mm-hmm. this one says, Brafey boys, blue heart. Now, we'll have to whittle it down. But I, I'd i have to say, the you know, one of Brafey's finest men now, I'd have to put that up. And a man who had a great game the last day above in Crow Park, Conor O'Shea. Very close, Fat Larry. You were there, there, about. It was one of his mafia counterparts. It was, it was actually Matthew Ruan. And we will get into the performance of Matthew Ruan later on in the podcast because it's worth its own section at this stage. This guy, this fabulous, gorgeous young guy will be getting plenty of talk in the latter half of this podcast. But they're all talking about him. You're doing well, Fat Larry. You're doing well. You've got none of these correct so it's far. Okay. That's okay. Another very interesting one here. No words this time, folks. Cup emoji, green circle, red circle. Uh, James Horn. No, Darren McHale. What a feeling. Green circle, red circle. Parakahora. Ooh, Paddy Durkin. Green love heart, red love heart. Oh. Now, this one is very easy. I'm going to get You this. should be getting this one. This is no problem at all. Stephen Cohen. Oh, how are you faring out at home, guys? It was not Stephen Cohen. It was actually Jermud O'Connor. Oh, wow. And yeah, last, I see that. Yeah, yeah. Last but certainly not least, this one has a little bit more personality to it. I kind of like this one. Super Sundays with the boys, medal emoji, cup emoji. You should get this one now. Uh, I'm going to give it to uh, that's going to be one from the, one of the retired players I think David Clark put that up with his retired buddies they were all on the beer together and they're having a great time enjoying Mayo rather than having to play absolutely not that was Jordan Flynn so Fat Larry I'll just go through your scores you got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 you got 10 wrong that's okay absolutely none that's right that's nearly as many finals as we've lost However you fared out at home, let us know, guys. Did you get more or less than Fat Larry? I suppose it would be hard to get any less. But just something to watch out for as we get down into the business end of things over the next few weeks. Now, that's enough of that sort to carry on. Is it time to turn the attention to the inbreds, Fat Larry? I think so. Okay. This is something that we find ourselves, you know, very, very much... Very, very much a part of our duties here. We started this off as two unwells within a wider circle of six or seven unwells. We now find ourselves in the middle of an entire sphere of absolute half-bakes from right across the County Mayo, right across Ireland and even Mm. further afield. Yeah, it's it's amazing how things have gone. People are just getting more and more you know, half cooked by the week now and you can really see that, you know, with the with the comments that come in here, you know, it's 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 worrying at times, but also it's very, very encouraging to see as well. The first 
question is not a question at all, very much more of an opinion. And it comes in from one of our firmest, most favouritest fans here. He says, don't let Mayo's win distract you from the fact that Roscommon are extremely shit. No, it shouldn't. Absolutely not. We can't forget that. And it would be remissive of us to not mention how bad Roscommon are as well. They, you know, couldn't even make the final. As bad and all as Galway were the last day, they actually managed to beat Roscommon quite comfortably in the semi-finals. So, you know, due credit to Roscommon, where it's very, very much deserved. They're a disgrace. Worth pointing out as well that their bus isn't even that nice. And, you know, we've been saying it for weeks here on the podcast, if not years, Fat Larry. Never forget that Roscommon and Galway are shite. Yeah. Do you know, it's very, very important to remember that we are the kings of Connacht. And even though one of our local papers, the Connacht Inbreds, came out and said that it was unacceptable, I think that shows where the Mayo fans' heads are at right now, that just winning a Connacht is absolutely unacceptable. What we're looking at here now is Sammy McGee or bust. That's all. That's why we're on this journey. You know, we've got loads of Connacht medals, TJ. Me and you have got, you know, six or seven Connacht medals, like all the rest of the fans at home. But what we all want is our All-Ireland medal in our back pocket. And I think, you know, we look like this could be the year now. Now, this is a very important comment to mention. It comes in from Paul, another big fan of ours. He says, um, up Mayo. I mean, I would have to echo those sediments exactly. I don't think he could. I don't think we could say it better ourselves. Well, when you see Mayo players putting up the exact same caption on their Instagram posts, it just shows what a strong and resonating statement that is. Nobody can argue with that. It's clear that our podcast was listened to the night before in the hotel rooms, possibly even in the the underground warm up area of Crow Park. It could have been blaring out around the ground, getting the players, you know, in the zone and getting them focused ahead of the big game. And some of the the tactical advice that you gave Fat Larry when you delved into the game at such great detail last week, it was clear that that was all taken on board from number one right up to number 44. Well, absolutely. Like, I mean, I said in the last podcast, we talked about Mayo being pegged back and we talked about Mayo blowing big leads and it was very, very clear that those messages were ringing in the players' ears throughout the game the last day. They decided to take a more perverted approach, I mean an inverted approach to the game the last day. They decided to, you know, play shit at the start and well at the finish to win the game, which I think was really, really beneficial. And at the end of the day... The final score is all that matters and we won it, so I'm happy enough with that. Now, giving credit to the manger is something I would never personally do, but I think in this one instance, Fat Larry, you're absolutely right there. What they did was they flipped the way that we'd been playing. If you look back to the Shrat National, Shrat Alliance, Shrat League, the Shrat Picture League, as it were, what we were doing in those senses were playing, you know, coming out of the gates with great gusto and then getting pegged, as, as you referred to it. But in this game, we flipped that on its head and I think it was absolutely brilliant. I suppose on the theme of that, you know, us being the real reason why we're winning these games, we could ask this next question, come in from Paddy. He's wondering, do you think that the fact Mayo are back has highlighted all these fuck you Matty moments down through the years? And long listeners and followers of the page will know exactly what we're referring to there. Do you think that that has made young Matthew Rouen the player that he is today? Well, you could see it clearly after he scored that lovely goal in the second half. He did kind of a, a knee slide celebration in front of the Davin stand and you could clearly see him, you know, pumping his fists and saying, fuck the lot of 
and up mayo that's what i gathered anyways i was trying to read his lips but he was like you know you've been given out to me for as long as i've been playing for this mayo team and now i've just got a great goal and i'm just gonna give it give it everything i have absolutely fat larry i i, I actually that's so so true Do you know we've highlighted this down through the years and he turned that on its head and he told us all to go f ourselves as it were and one of the, the, the two or three part questions that's been asked here is what is the alternative that Mayo fans can say when, you know, when it's the exact opposite of a fuck you Matty moment? And I think it's a sort of a go on Matty, as it were. If you'd agree with that, I think it's something. I would have to agree, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what we're going for. And to be honest, you would have had that moment 10, 12, 15 times the last day yeah. and you would never have needed to swear at all. Yeah, he's the type of inbred we inbred player we've been really crying out for and we really deserve. You know, he's, you know, in some ways, he's like a Tom Parsons. You know, he's a midfielder who you can rely on, who always comes up with big performances when it's really needed. But at the same time, he just doesn't have that same, you know, level of, you know, style as a Tom Parsons or he doesn't have that you know you know kind of physicalness of a shamey but he's got something it's hard to put my finger on it really I've tried to think about it an awful lot now over the last couple of days but he's got more of an inbred spirit about him and that's what you like to see you know particularly nowadays players are so well coached you know in terms of their interactions with the media you know, you hear Dublin players being interviewed and, you know, rhyming off generic answers that have been scripted for them by their PR mangers and whatever. Flip that to Mayo's Matthew Ruan. He was interviewed after the game the last day and he had absolutely nothing prepared. He couldn't even hear the reporter. That's, you know, the level of raw inbredness that that man has and he should be commended for it yes and also the feverish inbredness of the fans to be just literally shouting over him in that venture but Fat Larry you said you know you haven't been able to put your finger on it yet I'm sure in the weeks and months to come you'll keep continuing to try and put your finger on it absolutely well I've been doing it for so long now it's you know it's it's kind of ingrained in my brain at this stage, you know. It's second nature. Now, this question is still going on. It's gone into a third paragraph here. He's wondering, is Tommy Golds the new man that could take on the mantle of having the Mayo fans, you know, getting on his back to keep his performances up very high? There was one or two moments in the first half there was a shot that maybe dropped wide or maybe the wrong option was taken slightly. Do you reckon that the Mayo fans should be yep. roaring abuse at him? Absolutely. Early and on I mean, in the game, look at as a young as guy. As much as people out there will say that we don't know our football, that we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're only messing, we're only taking the piss or whatever here, but we did say here the last day, the question was asked, is Tommy Conroy Mayo's best forward? We were very, very, you know, coy about the whole thing. Yeah, gorgeous guy. That is absolutely no question, but as you can see, as we mentioned, he has a lot of improving to do from a football sense. But it was nice to see the last day he had an awful shit first half. He kicked a couple of wides there that you wouldn't expect to see, you know, kicked in a Michael Walsh league game. But he turned it round at half time. He must have got a little pat on the bum from one of the Mayo players. I'd say a lot of them were patting him on the bum at half time. They do that anyways. But it's nice to see he took the advice on. He took the criticism and he had a really good second half. A simply stunning, a simply stunning second half, mm. I'd say. Yeah. And another man in his sort of category, another young guy that's bursting out through the seams is uh, being asked a question about here. Can cunning Conroy Loftus cement his place in this team for decades to come? Yeah, I think so. Like again, 
it's important that we don't blow too much wind up Conor Loftus's arse just yet. He's quite new to the scene. He's only a coming player at this stage. You know, I'm sure in a couple of years' time when he has a little bit more you know, game time under his belt, a little bit more experience, there's no reason why this man can't come in and start for the Mayo team. Fabulous. Lucas is in touch and he has an opinion. He reckons that they'll do it and I have to agree with him. Yeah. I have to agree with him in every sense there. Hard to argue with it. My God, the text lines are absolutely filling up here at the moment. Another good one comes in from Flash. He's wondering, instead of Antoine Griezmann, can we see a head and shoulders ad with O'Sheen Mullins's? I think that's an opportunity being missed currently by all of the big shampoo brands and strength and conditioner brands all around Mayo. They should get this guy, you know, front and centre here because even as it were, we got a little insight into the post-match hairstyle that he wore. And you talked about how crucial the Mayo hairbrush was going to be against Galway. You could see that immediately after the game, the likes of himself, the poor Cohoras, that hairbrush was out and the hair was struck all the way back. And my God, even more fabulous than it looked on the pitch, if that is possible. Yeah, again, we were not far off the ball there with that one. It's clear how important it is to get that strength and conditioning right in the days before the game. And it makes all the difference out on the out on the pitch. Now, there's a question that I would be proud of writing myself. Oren is wondering, are Mayo having cock withdrawal symptoms? Before the game the last day, I would have said that Mayo were struggling a little bit for the lack of cock. But, having said that now, you don't have a cock, but they managed to find themselves a rod the last day and they managed to make... No use out of him, you know, he brought something, you know, a little bit different, not quite the same as Cock. He probably doesn't have, you know, that, you know, probably raw physicality yet. He is quite young. But I mean, you saw in the second half when Mayo were really in need for a bit of penetration, Rod cut through a couple of times, as you said earlier. The goal was a perfectly good goal. He gave your man a little rod up the backside and he you know in my opinion was was dead right to stand his ground didn't need to move um but again you wouldn't expect anything less from a bollocks from cork like connor lane i don't think we're missing him i think between tommy conway and rod the two of those boys are really fronting up and in years to come these guys will grow a lot from this experience and uh, you know if next year if cock comes back into the fold you know, will be all the better for it. Yeah, it's great to see, Fat Larry. I agree with those sediments absolutely entirely and I echo them as well as I can. But yes, Mayo fans have noticed that the jizz and the spunk from this team, they're coming from all different areas. And it's one of those things that's just, it's wonderful to see. But one, I suppose, negative we could take from the game, we're always, as Mayo fans, we're always looking to take negatives from any situation. And we can refer to the highly acclaimed and aforementioned Matthew Rouen here, but also his forward counterpart James Carr both of these guys now had an option where they were bearing down in on goal and they took the route that I would describe as the coward's way out Mm. the use of the boot in that situation is something that disgusts me I think it's disgraceful I think it was a farce I think on both occasions that ball should have been fisted high and handsomely over the bar because this Mayo team They've been known for their fisting down through the years. We fisted Galway in the tunnel. We fisted them on the second half. We fisted them in the beaches. We fisted them in the trenches. And as Mayo fans, we'll be fisting ourselves all the way to the semi-finals. 
But one thing that the players must do is take that advice on board. And I'm sure they will when they sit down and listen to this at training tomorrow evening. Definitely. You know, they're going to be sitting down for training tomorrow. They're going to do their analysis on this podcast. They're going to make their couple of notes. And I think if there's one thing that they should take from it, you've got three choices, I think, if you're bearing down on goal. For me, the number one choice is to fist it over the bar. Always the best way to do it. The second one is to go for goal, maybe by rounding the keeper if you can. But if you're going to kick the ball over the bar with your your boot, you're a coward. So just bear that in mind, lads. And I suppose the last question, there's many that we couldn't get around to today, Fat Larry, unfortunately. We thank all the fans for getting in touch as we always do. And please do get in touch with us again in the future. But this question could be talked about for days and weeks. Which Mayo players would win gold at which events in the Olympic Games? Yeah, well, I think the first one and the most obvious one is Porik Ohora from the way he... Taekwondo. Judo. Judoed uh, uh, Shane Walsh. A judo chop. You'd put him in any form of a a martial arts, um, you know, event, judo, taekwondo, karate, whatever you want. Absolutely no problem. Um, I'd have Oshin Mullins going in the... The possibly the 1500 metre dash because he normally has to do that 10 or 12 times throughout a game with all of the up and down the pitch that he does be going at so I'd say he'd be a firm favourite for that one Definitely, I think if you're looking at Stephen Cohen the obvious choice for me is to put him into the modern pentathlon I think just the way he's so versatile and he's, you know, I suppose a safe pair of hands really it's not the most exciting of events that you'll watch in the Olympic Games but I think it'd really suit him down to the ground Based on Aidan O'Shea's performance in the tunnel, I'd say he'd have a very good chance of winning in the boxing. Yeah, absolutely. Or alternatively to that, you saw the way he threw himself to the ground a couple of times there. He could do well in the diving pool or maybe on the gymnastics mat either. And that is absolutely brilliant. If you have any suggestions at home as to what Mayo players you'd enter into what events at the Olympics, we'd love for you to get in touch and we'd love to have a little chinwag about that. It's something that we always love to do is our fan interactions. We wouldn't be anything without you folks. And at this venture, I suppose it's time to nod the cap, as it were, to the core Joe Mayo are back, the ones that make this podcast possible. You've been there through thick and even thicker and we're absolutely delighted to have you by our sides as we might march on into another All-Ireland semi-final and if we can just cast the minds forward to that very briefly Fat Larry very briefly we're casting the mind forward who do you think we're going to be playing where do you think the game will be won and lost and you know as it were are we going to do it I think there's absolutely no reason why we can't go out and play in an All-Ireland semi-final, TJ, to be honest. I think we've got every chance now of being there and of playing in that particular encounter. And whatever which way the game goes on the day, we'll have to wait and see. You know, it's going to be a case of Mayo versus Kildare or Mayo versus Dublin. You know, each one of those games is a really intriguing prospect. You know, on one hand, if Mayo were to go out and play Kildare, there'd be absolutely no doubt in my mind that they'd beat them in the semi-final and probably lose to Monaghan in the All-Ireland final. Alternatively to that, then, you know, you could have a situation where Mayo play Dublin and beat the Dubs. And, you know, after that, then, I suppose it's going to be a two-team final and a game of two halves, probably played in Crow Park. You know, any team could win it. Fat Larry, thank you for that. That's the level of tactical nuance that you come to expect from this podcast and you will not get on any other podcast out there around the globe, folks. 
We're delighted to have you joining in and listening us, listening to us today from wherever you're listening around the globe. Two thoughts to leave you with, guys. First of all is to all our Galway fans out there. Galway, how do? We won the Nestor Cup. And the last one is, I suppose, to just remember how successful this Mayo team have been and all the great days they've given us. We would go on to say that this Mayo team are like a man in his 90s because we've had 10 semis in the last 11 years. And it's an absolute credit to everyone involved. And on that note, folks, there is no more fitting way to end this podcast. We very much hope you enjoyed And I hope it just gives you a little bit of a come down from the weekend. Settle yourself now. We're two and a half weeks away from the All-Ireland semi-final. There's no point wearing yourself out too early. But at the same time, it's okay to just think about the game for a couple of hours a day. Just watch a few, you know, Mayo highlight reels. You know, watch back over the games and make sure that you're ready for the performance of your life now on Sunday, two weeks. Visualise manifest don't manifest too hard you don't want to peak too early go there in the mind before you go there in the body watch out for the symptoms of mayo fever which is sure to be cropping up around the town over the next few weeks but keep yourselves ready to be there on Arl Ireland shamey filing day once again right from the very get go as it were mayo do 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 Merton hit me in a unmerciful one you didn't deserve it. No, no, no. No. Why? I got up. You hit him back. No, I didn't hit him back at all. I hit him back with one four. One four? One goal and four pints. Come back for him. Why? Because I was simply the best of the time. I hit him back with one four. I hit him back with one four. I hit him back with one four. You understand that, don't you? One goal and four pints. One goal and four pints. You understand that, don't you? I hit him back with one four. That's one of the reasons that Matthew Dumbrick.